Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again in another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks on the Orient Express, our crossover episode. I'm certain that you all enjoyed the first one. Hopefully you'll enjoy the second one as well. Uh, so we want to first, for this episode, start off by thanking all of our Patreon supporters, um, your support through our times of uh, creativity and um, trauma in some cases is amazingly helpful. And if you have not joined us as a backer on the Patreon, you can at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast, come out, see what we have, check out uh, all of the bits and goodies you could get a hold of for any of our three campaigns uh, as we move forward in our third campaign with uh, Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, but more on that, probably in a different, totally different episode. Uh, I would like to begin introductions. And so to my right, this is Tiffany, and I play Maeve O'Shea, and um, I'm not very happy. You're not very happy. Mm, I can't imagine why. Uh, so to Miss O'Shea's right. This is Mike. I'm playing James Robert Fraser, and I'm not having any of this parlor trick shenanigans nonsense. Yeah, you firmly are staunchly in the camp of the believers and... The good Lord above and anything else can be sorted out by someone else. To Mr. Fraser's right. Hi, I'm Rena. I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and I have, might have some unresolved daddy issues. I mean, take a number. Take a number. It goes around around here, especially. Uh, to uh, <laughs> to uh, Lady Elizabeth's right. This is Jake. I'm playing Detective Jack Doyle, and I'm just hoping we don't talk to any more dead spirits oh. tonight. I mean, good luck with that. Uh, to Jack's right. My name is Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith, and I don't think we're done with the spirits tonight. I think they're just going to whip out that crystal right there, and dang. All right, yeah, take it easy there, uh, Mr. Griffith. We're a little concerned with your verbiage. Uh, to uh, Mr. Griffith's right. Hi, I'm Miranda, and I play Maggie Bellinger, and Maggie's just relieved to see a friendly face that she hadn't seen in well like a day you know it is interesting how people kind of get attached to one another and i'm sure that mr fraser appreciates your uh, kind words that was of course a joke <laughs> uh to uh, to maggie's right this is james and i'll be playing dr sigmund tattenbach nobody said anything about shenanigans there are shenanigans to be had oh clearly sir have you have, you, have we not met wunderbar uh, and to the doctor's right i'm martin and i'm playing richard courtney and um, Richard's currently wondering whether he did actually reform properly before this dream thing happened or whether he's got problems later on. Mm, well, they do exist for men of likely of the professor's age. I would suggest that you check uh, all your bits at some point, sir. And last but most certainly not least. 
This is Alex, we're playing Saint Perron, and uh, who is wondering if Lillian knows that we're gone. You know, that is a fantastic question. Uh, so we are again in the missing Lillian Lane formation, sadly, um, but we do wish her well in her travels or troubles or um, thereabouts, depending upon what she's doing. She could be doing almost anything. Who knows what Miss, uh, Miss Lane is up to? I'm certain that Jack will have to clean up the mess afterwards, though. So when we last left our um, troop, troops, plural, uh, of investigators, one of the things that we noticed very, very, very immediately was the train had picked up an awful lot of speed. And with the train having picked up speed, the lights having dimmed, the body of your medium, if that is to be believed what this woman was, had slumped and gone completely frozen. The windows had darkened. Even the cats had taken notice. It's clear to you, Professor, the train has reached speeds that it should not be able to reach. You can feel the momentum continuing to build behind this conveyance. And Dr. You're very concerned about how fast this train is going now. Didn't I also see somebody try to check the back door that we came through originally? No, no one has checked checked that door yet. That was the door that the woman came through, the older woman came through. I was about to head through it when the woman appeared. Yep. With the scene at the moment kind of open, are you going back to check that door, Mr. Fraser? I think if it seems like this little um, uh, facade has uh, concluded, then yes, I'll uh, I'll go and carry on. And especially if the, if the train is speeding up, then somewhat concerned about what might be causing this and what what we might be able to do about it. The door does, after a good bit of stress on your wrist, finally does accelerate and unlock. It almost looks like we're stuck. What is going on here? Um, and I'm going to move through the. Uh, the rest of the train um, and just kind of see what there is. Uh, it's a very long sleeper car, as I mentioned before, but you get to the area beyond that, and this looks like a forloin. It looks like a place where luggage is kept. Okay. Um, moving through that, uh, is there anything here of note? Does, mm-hmm. it, does it look like this is our luggage? Is there luggage here? Uh, there actually isn't any luggage here. There is space for luggage, uh, but you don't see... Anything here that would denote that there are the number of passengers that there should be? This place, I'm just going to keep moving through um, and see if I can get the door on the other end of this carriage open as well. I'll give a cursory glance around as well just to just see if there's anything of note here, but it's not really my primary objective. Sure. Yeah, and just looking around the space, it looks like most of the luggage holders and rack systems here are clear of anything... There might be a, you know, a spare piece of clothing here or there, but nothing that would spring to his mind like uh, as something that would be necessary for him to, to reach out and get. Uh, there is a door at the end of the forloin that would continue on to the caboose, what you're imagining is the, the end of the train. Yeah, I shall um, move on through and try and get that door open then. Okay, you open that door, and uh, as you kind of bring it about halfway open, you realize that there is no more train. And what you stare at is the 
the open field of threadwork that is slowly dimming. Each one, one by one, as you look out there, is slowly beginning to lose its light. And in totality, you, you almost stare into this fixed point, this end point, where all these threads go. They kind of run all the way back to this central point uh, in the center of the horizon, a vanishing point. And in totality, there is everything and nothing beyond this doorway. And it is so completely unraveling that we're going to to question his very sanity. And we're going to have him roll. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. I suppose if you stare into the abyss long enough, it's going to stare back at you. Mm -hmm. I take it there's no tracks or anything like that that the train is traveling on. It's just kind of... (laughs) No. Oh boy. All right, let's just see. My sanity is 44. But I succeeded. I rolled a 28. Very good, sir. Um, And so I take one sanity from you. That is... terrifying. What is going on here? Just going to step backwards and close the door back off down through the, um, the the luggage carriage and head back towards the uh, um, the longer uh, sleeper um, carriage mm-hmm. close the door of that behind me and just make my way briskly and swiftly back th- down to the the, um, the dining compartment and trying not to think of what I've just seen so in the dining car itself uh, you see the conductor uh, walk over to you Richard he approaches you directly, very quickly. Um, pr- professor? Uh, yes? You, you're a man of, um, um, what did, uh, you said of, 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 of mass, yes? Uh, yes. Do you have any, do you have any, um, knowledge of engineering at all? Um, y- yes, I do. Uh, what do you need? He, almost in a, a bit of a dramatic pose, seems to put his hand on your shoulder and says, we must stop this train, at any cost. Um... I didn't think this was like a normal train. I thought this was the thing of dreams. No, sir. That door, he points to the end of it, should lead after some time to the locomotive. The door is locked. We must force it open. Uh, Well, yes, I, I um, I can find my way around a lock. Very well. Would anyone else be willing to help? I stand up. Have I re entered this, this carriage by now, or am I still on my way back? You're still on your way back at this okay. moment. Yeah, because my my intention is to get right up to the front of the train as well and try and pull the brakes. <laughs> if there, I, I take it there is no emergency brake system on this train. Indeed, there is not. Fair <laughs> enough. That would be too easy. Sam, would you like a crack at the door first? <laughs> yeah, I walk over. Okay. Yeah, the conductor kind of comes with you and almost seems to drag Richard with. <laughs> is there anyone else on this train? Like at this point, does you said the conductor looks panicked? Yeah, he does. He's to stop this train at any cost, right? Like, how sturdy does this lock look? I mean, it's a door lock, and it you know, haven't really looked, per se, at the lock directly. You see like Henry kind of move in alongside you, and he grabs the handle and kind of moves it back and forth, and there's no play at all in the handle. It's firm. You said I don't have any tools, right? Uh, not directly, no. Then uh, I will say, uh, stand back, please. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to shoot the uh, door handle. All right. Um, you'll see you'll be advantaged because you're at point blank. 
okay. I'll take the 61 out of 74. <laughs> Not the 100 out of 74. Oh, yeah, we don't want that one. <laughs> I'm going to move chairs and tables out of the way of the center of the dining room, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make a really big elder sign. Oh, boy. I'm going to start carving it into the... Okay. Lady Elizabeth? <laughs> uh, what are you doing, Miss O'Shea? I am getting ready to protect us all if we need. Oh. Well, carry on then. I'm going to take notes. The, this shotgun goes off, and then a big hole appears where the handle was. It's at that point, Mr. Frazier, you re-enter the back. And, and I'm just moving swiftly through the carriage, heading towards the the, uh, the door at the other end. You're going to begin carving, Miss O'Shea? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you start working into the carpet here? Yeah, I want to make it big enough, basically, that if we need, everybody can stand in it. Okay. You begin working at that. You probably have several people have to help you move furniture and chairs mm-hmm. out of the way. Who's going to the engine? I'll go. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on my way up there. The the conductor seems to pull several of you towards that front end of the train. Now beyond the dining car here, this car, that the, the car you enter beyond that, seems like another sleeper car. And all of the doors here in the sleeping car, the sleeper car is open. All of them are already open. You can see just down the row. And uh, Jack, you get a really bad feeling about this hallway instantly. So I'll just kind of sidle over to one of the nearest open doors and take a quick peek in. Oh yeah, it's a body. Yeah. Like laid out. Mm -hmm. Laid out, gutted. The passenger had a companion at some point, had a person in that room with them. That person's been flayed. I would suggest not looking into the rooms. We have to stop this train right now. What were they flayed with? Was this a knife or was was this mauling? Yeah, Doc's got to touch it. Doctor, it's far worse than that. Okay. They were flayed by finger. So this was they were pulled apart. Uh-huh. Jack, it's worse than you know. We need to be very careful. This was not done by somebody human or sane. Who's remaining in the dining car? Miss O'Shea, Miss Bellinger, as far as I know. Miss mm-hmm. uh, uh, Lady Elizabeth there. And Simon. I assume Simon's going to hang, probably, he's, he's going to see a lot of guys go up front. I don't think I'm needed. I think um, as as I'm kind of storming through the dining compartment, as I pass Simon, I'll, Mr. Griffith, with me, if you'd be so kind. Who's going to stay here with Lady E? <sighs> me. I can take care of myself, thank you. I believe the lady folk will be able to handle themselves, yes. Well, that's true, Fraser. She does have her cane. I'm, I'm still moving. I've not even stopped to talk to you. All right. If you all think that, that's fine. I'll, I'll go with Jim Bear. Perhaps take Miss Bellinger. She's quite good in a fight, as we have learned. I'm staying behind. Okay, you're staying behind. So after I blow the door and we open it, I stay okay. there. I'm fully ready to comply with whatever Lady Elizabeth wants, so if she wants me gone, I just I leave with Simon. Ultimately, she's, it doesn't seem like she's forcing you out of the room, so... I'm very sensitive to what she wants right now, so I'll I'll go. So for those of you traversing ahead, the long sleeper car that is what, which is the the car you enter is filled with stateroom and stateroom after stateroom of just corpses in various states, whether they be flayed, whether they be chopped, whether they be burned. I I think I'll close the doors as we pass them. 
quick note. Are the bodies that we find, are their eyes open or closed? No, they are open. Okay, so they were awake when this happened. Clearly. For those of you moving forward, I would like you to give me a spot hidden roll. Surely. I got two under 99. Wait, Jack succeeded? Just a little bit. Spot hidden of 99. (laughs) Yeah, he just maxed it. 51 under 80. Fail from me. Yeah, that's a 17 under 78. 11 under 45. It's a fail for Maggie. So for those of you who failed, um, you continue your path forward. Those of you who uh, got a hard or extreme success begin seeing forms in these rooms that you recognize. First one you recognize, Jack, is your old partner. Dead in very similar ways as to the way it was reported and the way it was found. It's pretty gruesome. Even reliving it after all these years is not easy. Pulling the door short, shut is likely the easiest thing that you do so far tonight. Doctor, you see the man that you vivisected in Chicago with the poison sack. You can still see the burnt remains of where it was in his chest, the caustic fluid that it likely leaked all over the inside of his body when he used it. And this strange human serpent half-breed try my best to swallow that lump of bile that I find. Mr. Griffith, as far as your um, sight, uh, you probably see probably see some boys from the war. Boys that didn't come home. Probably sappers that didn't make it out of a hole. And that's on me. Because I was their sergeant. It is. And you know it. Mr. Frazier, it's likely really one death that probably clenches you the most. Someone that you once were in service to. Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm storming down the corridor, not really looking into these rooms as I go down. I'm not interested in this. I'm focused at the, the, whatever it was that I saw out the back of this train has shocked me to the core. And I have a, 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 a single goal, a single focus at the moment. But I think if if I catch out the corner of my eye this this person in in the cabin, then just for a moment I stop, take a half step back, turn white as a sheet, and then swallow hard and push forward. Those of you moving forward in the car arrive at the next door. The air in this section of the car is hot. It's palpable. The temperature change both from the precipitation and from the very heat. And Henri looks at you and says, this should be the locomotive. He, um, again, yanks at the door handle, but it won't open. Blast this train. You yes, sir, allow me. I will t- tug on the handle as hard as I possibly can. All right, Mr. Fraser, give us a strength roll. Absolutely. That is a 51 under 60. You pull very hard. And the door (coughs) budges, but doesn't open. I'm going to, if I may, push that roll. Um. Only good things happen when you push roll. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) I am uh, going to uh, brace one foot against the the side of the door. Just the wall beside the door and with both my hands 
lean all my weight against the uh, the handle as I, I, I turn it and um, try and wrench it open. Okay. That sounds pretty dramatic. Let me give it another shot. Lift with your back. That's a 35 under 60, which is not quite a hard success, which I'm guessing is probably what I'm looking for. Oh, I wouldn't do that to you, would I? I, w- I would. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you push and you feel it. You feel something give, and it's your back, your lower back. Not my knee, then. <laughs> no, your lower back gives, and it hurts. God damn it! So I'm going to deal you four points of magic damage. Okay. But you can feel the strain... Not so much a physical strain, but uh, a, like a deep exhaustion takes hold in your core. Um, and you're just physically out of it. And so, systematically speaking, for the rest of the game, you, uh, the rest of this episode, you'll not be able to push any strength rolls. Oh, right, okay. Um, so I kind of stagger back, clutch my back in, in agony, and just this expression of ah, pain crosses my face, and I just start hammering on the door. Open, God! Damn you! Open! Put a hand on Mr. Fraser's shoulder. Sometimes it is not force that we need. I'm going to give it a shot. Okay. Um, I'm going to use my cane as a pry bar. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to, you know, do the old spit on the hands. And and then, unlike Mr. Fraser, who used this, who viewed this as a physical thing, I'm going to now view this as a dream state. And I'm going to open this door. Because it's just a concept. Okay, roll pal. You got it. I got a 19 under my 65. So that is a hard. Or. You have Iron Will, so give you a secondary roll. Uh, 19 is the best. Okay. Second one was 27. 19 under. uh, 19 under 65. It's pal. Um, So uh, he walks up to the door and grabs the handle and then steps back a bit and takes his cane. And are you physically just striking the door open? Yep. Okay. Yeah, it pops open like a cheap box. And then he makes a gesture as if he were opening the door for a friend. And he gestures into the mouth of hell. Uh, back in the dining car, windows begin shattering. The darkness that's consumed these windows that's kept you from seeing the weave has now pressed itself against the glass to the point where they're shattering. Like the boat? Yeah, like the boat. I start carving faster. <laughs> So, Sam, for your, your part standing watch, so to speak, the glass shattering is something you are you are forced to react to. The cats spook, and they begin looking for cover. Oh, yeah, I dive. Like, there were, I know there were chairs and tables oh, yeah. that got moved to make room for this big ass symbol, so. Um, and so for your part, um, Lady Elizabeth. <laughs> no, I'm I'm ducking while also asking, uh, Miss O'Shea, is there any way I can assist you? I don't even have a book to show her the symbol, do I? Nope. Not unless you know this. I'm afraid not. Make sure I'm clear. Well, you know, it's going to take an investment. You're going to have to paint the final marks into place. Mm -hmm. And in the hotel in England, you didn't have any paint, and so you used blood. Mm -hmm. I figured that that's probably the way I'm going to have to do it. I always have a sharp implement. What's a little blood magic between you and a friend? So, Sam, you duck, 
And um, several of the cats preternaturally just kind of herd towards you because you're under something mm-hmm. and you're clearly the person they want to be next to. And so you kind of get um, four or five incoming felines who want to make sure you're okay. That's fine. I will adjust my position a bit and I will continue to cover two in the center of the room. Okay. We're the only three here, right? Yeah, it's just, it's just myself, us. Lady E, and maybe okay. Yeah, and the cats. Yeah, I watch the windows. Yeah, and it doesn't take very long for the darkness itself, thick tendrils of it, to enter the train. So there are eight windows, and the tendrils begin to kind of seep in, and they seem to be searching for something. Well, I don't know if it's going to work, but this dream this dream armed me, <laughs> so I'm definitely going to do my best to fight back. Oh, yeah. Do I see the tundra? I mean, I know I'm, like, looking at the floor, but I'm sure I see them, like, snaking across the ground or anything. You're probably somewhat dimly aware of them, but you're, you know for a fact that the symbol that you're working on is... More important. It's intricate, and any mistake in it means that it doesn't work. Yeah. Because I was going to tell them, you know, fire works. <laughs> I don't... Here's I, where we burn down the train. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's going to have any sort of issue pulling the trigger on um, his... Uh, is shotgun. I, I have at least 16 shells on me, so. Um, Lady Elizabeth, you realize something very quickly, and that is two of the tendrils are making a dead bead for a very thick tome that exists here in this car. I'm going to clutch the tome, and where are the tendrils in relation to me and the doors and everything? Yeah, so if you are in, say, a rectangle, the mm-hmm. shape is about a rectangle, you are in roughly the center. There are eight total windows on this car. And there is a exit door, uh, we'll say about 40 or so feet from you, which uh, the gentleman and Maggie went through to get towards the engine. There is an exit door, say, 40 or so feet behind you, and that is to the sleeper areas. Um, there is a bar Um, say maybe about 35 to maybe 30 or so feet from you towards the engine side. Uh, the tendrils that you're that are coming after the book are towards the sleeper car and towards the um, left position. So I would say the position that the uh, medium was sitting at. Her body, by the way, is just flopped onto the ground at this point. Nobody cares. <laughs> She's not useful anymore. I mean, you might. Yeah, I know. When she reanimates and kicks our ass. You might care. You never know. I'm gonna call it at Maeve. I believe they're after the book. How close am I to being done? Oh, yeah, you need quite a bit of time to complete a symbol big enough for everyone to stand in. It's gonna be a little while. There, People are gonna have to do some hard work here to keep these things off of you and off of her. So um, I would imagine given Sam's natural state of overwatch in this position, you're going to see those tendrils beating for that book. Yeah, I'll prioritize by proximity. So if they're closest, they're getting shot first. So give me two shotgun rolls, and then we are going to head back up to the engine, what I call the little mouth of hell. (laughs) What would you do? The mouth of hell. (laughs) First one's a failure, then 82 out of 74. Second was success, 43 out of 74. Right, roll me damage on the second. And so everyone in the train begins hearing more shotgun fire. 
So at the front of the train, Dr. Tottenbach has extended his arm through the open doorway towards the engine room. And inside, there is quite, not quite literally, but there is a large open maw where you would know coal would get shoveled in. Anybody who's been on a locomotive or seen a locomotive train knows that there's coal that gets shoveled directly in or wood, depending upon the type of train. Um, And this has been stylized in a very gothic maw opening. And there are all sorts of bits and dials and whatnot and levers and wheels in this room. And the maw is open and it is a roaring fire uh, that is exuding out. And from the window that uh, is available to you, you see the massive steam whistle. And in the front of the train, there appears to be, at least from where you're seeing, all of you are seeing, there seems to be something coming up ahead on the track. It looks like a very large form that is sitting on the track. Anybody know anything about trains? Seeing the dials and the, the levers and the knobs and things, Richard sort of leaps forward and tries to understand what's going on, maybe pulling the uh, the whistle to, to let off some steam or, or perhaps looking for a valve that might, uh, might release this steam somewhere. Yes, very good. You pull the whistle, everyone make me a constitution roll. <laughs> Everyone on the train. <laughs> he is swine. <laughs> uh, it, that is a 32 under 32. No, 30, sorry, 33 over 32. Um, so it's not quite a hard, but it's under 65, so I do succeed. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. 38 under uh, 55. 28 out of 50. Okay. 62 over 45. Okay, 85 under 90. 21 under 85. All right, Sam? Uh, 40 under 65. 48 under 50. Maggie, Maggie, Maggie. Whoops. All right, so you pull on the steam whistle and it hopes to just try to, try to figure out what the hell's going on, let off some steam from the locomotive. Uh, and when you do, the bellow that comes out of the front of this locomotive is something that vibrates the train and your inner ears. Those of you who succeeded only spend a round or two kind of getting your brains back together. Those of you who failed lose your equilibrium and are going to need to either get help moving about the train from now on until the end of the episode, or we'll need to pass hard dexterity rolls to keep your balance. Maggie, you're fairly certain that that's not one. But that's that's not going to fix things. <laughs> don't don't do that again. <laughs> I would probably be shouting, Richard, please stop. It's only a little whistle. As Maggie looks like completely discombobulated, like kind of slumped over against is, the wall. Is there a douse bucket here? You yeah. know, funny enough, Jack. No. Damn it! Not a single one. We have two options, Jack. Put the fire out or make it worse. No, I'm not making it worse. I could. We, we, we should be able to redirect the steam if we um, if we twist the right valve. It, sh- it should dump it somewhere. Never mind that. Find the brake, man. Oh, I don't think this has brakes. Oh. Is that a brake? Yeah, I'm just going to say I'm looking for a big a, a big lever that looks like uh, the kind of thing you pull to stop a thing. <laughs> you know, shockingly, shockingly, there is an enormous lever with almost this four-gripped handle almost as a safety catch if you can't bump into the lever to stop the train, right? 
So you have to remove the latch, pull it forward, and then move the lever. But it's right there. Um, it's adorned with all sorts of strange tentacles, though. Don't care. You might. <laughs> um, unless uh, unless somebody else grabs it, then I'm, I'll, I'll make for it. Unless somebody else gets there first. I'll help. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Between Fraser and the doctor, there's like two people on it. Sure. Okay, so... Are you going to continue attempting to exert your will here, Doctor? Yes. Uh, nothing in this has so far proven to me that any of this is physical. Not real, but physical. And therefore, using physical strength makes no sense to the Doctor. Okay. And clearly, Mr. Fraser, you're going to make a strength roll because that is just kind of the person that you are. Before he does it, I poke him in the forehead and say, up here. I lean my head against the brake lever. <laughs> 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 It's either that or I nut it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in uh, none of this mental nonsense. I'm going <laughs> to pull the lever. All right. Strength roll for you, sir? Yeah. And then, um, obviously, um, given your your strength, you won't be able to push any rolls. Yep, no, that's fine. So my, stre- my strength remains the same as it, it is does. before. I just, it does. I just, so just your inability to summon the second wave of courage. Not a problem. I got a 91 on the first roll, but I got a 32 on the second roll, which is a hard power roll. Uh, That's a 95 on my strength roll. Wonderful. And you can't push that. No, I can't push it. It's not anything worse than a fail, but it's still a fail. That's true. Um, So you, Dr. Tottenbach, lift the lever and begin pushing, and so does Mr. Fraser. Uh, And as you guys kind of move the lever back, to feel the train slow, the tentacles themselves on the handle come alive and wrap themselves around your hands. Well, that's horrible. Professor, you're continuing to um, pull levers and, and knobs and switch dials, yes? Yeah, he's going to try and work out what they do, if at all possible, but... Uh, I suppose engineering? Unless you have locomotive operation. Not specifically locomotive, but he's rather good with mechanical things. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a... Um, I'll give you a mechanics roll for it. it is there are some very um mechanical things going on here hmm i think he'd know how a train works mm-hmm. mm, that's 54 he's only got a 40 so that's a that's a fail well there's luck of course or pushing the roll well i suppose he could start frantically looking around and you know make a, a few guesses just to see maybe if it does what he thinks it does i mean it's easier to see if something mm. behaves as you think it might by trying it, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Only good things come out of pushing. That's come right. On. Come on, lucky green dice. Ooh, ten. Ooh. Well, look at that. Um, that's, so there are on the left side here, you have um, two corresponding wheels that seem to release or, or turn valves in the train this way and there's two more up top and then on the right here there's two up top and and one at the bottom hmm and does he know which one does what based on his mechanical ability up in the upper left there there's a valve you could turn it's got a blue handle on it you're fairly certain that that should let a little bit of excess pressure out of the uh, engine I I think I've got it I think it's this one and, and Richard goes and uh Loosens the valve. Okay. You loosen the valve. The train seems to shudder a little bit. You're not 
certain in a good way. <laughs> Back in the dining area, the the swift weapon fire from Sam has uh, fended off the closest tentacle to you, Lady Elizabeth. And Miss O'Shea, you continue working that outer circle pattern and you are nearly complete with it. Although you have had to essentially rip up the actual carpet, much like the England hotel room, because you can't really carve into carpet. Right. With that complete, you are going to need uh, the Vitae portion of this experiment. And you're a little concerned given the space of how much will be required. I'm going to look up at Lady E and tell her, as I hold out my hand with with the dagger, and ask her, can I use some of your blood too? Why not? Got to protect the book after all. So I'll cut both our hands and I'll take her hand and slam it down on the last symbol as well. So um, you're doing that with a very specific knife, yes? Yes. Very good. That's the only one I have. Why don't you roll pow for me? That would be a 61 out of 83. Okay. So you both begin to bleed from a wound to the hand. And as you do, are you instructing her as to what to do? Yeah. Or I'm just going to like pull her down <laughs> to me and finish what we need to do. Everyone's being so forceful with her. Well, I can't help it. This needs to get done. <laughs> I'm fascinated by this. So this seems a little bit like painting, except with your fingers. You're filling in gaps and cracks in the wood now. And you're filling them in with your blood. As you work counterclockwise and she works clockwise, you kind of both come to a center point. Sam, you continue to fire. It seems like the tentacles are starting to get the point, though. They're beginning to mass a little stronger over in that area? Like they want to test how fast you can fire? Sure. If I continue hearing shotgun shells back there, I am going to go back Okay. to yeah. help. Makes sense. You'd probably arrive a round or two later, but why don't you give me two more rolls, Sam, of the shotgun, and then the round after Jack will arrive. Sure. So that's a hard success, 36 out of 74, and a 73 out of 74. Okay. Um, so you, you fight two more of them back uh, to the point where the only one left on that uh, edge there seems to be angling more for the body of the old woman. Hmm. Okay. But it has definitely changed its target from the book to that woman. Yeah, I'm actually kind of in agreement with Maeve here. I don't know if I care if it runs away with that thing. So, Maggie, with your balance a bit altered, I want you to make a spot hidden roll for me. Okay. Mm-mm. So I rolled a 99 over 31. So right. I don't I don't think I see much. Still a bit woozy from that train whistle. No, actually, I'll just spend a hand of fate on me. Oh, thanks. So I'll just give you a reroll. Maggie's vision kind of doubles and blurs. So she, she you mm-hmm. know, shakes her head, closes her eyes real tight, opens them up, steadies herself as best as she can, and... Still doesn't pass. Uh, she rolled a 36 and a over 31. 
Richard's, he's touching a lot of valves and you're very, very worried that he's going to touch the wrong one. Richard, please be careful. I I can't see what you're doing, but it, it seems like something could go horribly wrong here. I, I think I've almost got it. Nope. The train rocks back and forth. You feel the train move as if it's teetering on the edge of the track. You can feel the right side of the train lift. I would like the doctor and Mr. Fraser to uh, attempt to either continue to break the train um, or pull themselves away from the tendrils and tentacles that have grasped onto their hands. I'm pulling myself away. I'm no longer pulling on the brake. If I'm able to continue to pull on the brake, that's what I'm going to try and do. Fair enough. 14 under 65. Okay, you pull your hand free. Mr. Fraser? So it's just just an, another strength throw to, to see if I can yeah. manage to do it. Yeah. Okay. Sixteen. Oh wow, that's what I'm talking about. You get your hand free, Doctor, mm-hmm. and you see Fraser can summon this strength within him, whether knowingly or not. And the train suddenly begins to slow at a rapid pace. You hear the wheels grind on the rails as a wildly long screech emanates from them. Sparks of steel, of some sort of metal, begin rising from the left and the right-hand side of the conductor's windows that you can see, and you hang on, Mr. Fraser, in an attempt to break this train. Stop, goddamn you, stop, damn you! Richard, out the front window, because you have the clearest view of it, You see the form on the tracks. It is wide and bulbous with an unfriendly-looking lower form. Uh, It appears, anyway, to have four or six legs. It's got to be 15, 20 feet wide. Mm. Uh, At its base, there's a, a, a bulbous stomach. And growing out of the back of it are these very long and wide black tentacles. So it sort of looks a bit like a giant spider. Sort of. I would say it's way more bulbous than a spider. Jack, you arrive back at the dining car. And holy shit, what's going on here? Well, I guess I'll jump in too. Why not? I'm always up for some uh, gunplay. Give us a little gunplay, Mr. Doyle. As you and Sam begin fighting back the forces of darkness. Three shots, because I can do it. 13, 53, and 29. The 13 was a impale, if that matters. Systematically, yes, but in, I know. This, in this moment, yeah. no. Sam, uh, at your left, Jack Doyle's guns appear. And uh, with him attached, he joins you in shooting these tentacles back and away from the whatever the hell that is going on in the middle of this room, Jack. <laughs> I just fire. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Shea and Lady Elizabeth, if you would both give me power rolls, please, as the the two of you come together. Oh, my. That is a hard success. Minus 35 out of uh, 83. Also a hard success. All right. So we have nine, nine people, technically. Okay. I guess on a scale of, say, one to five, how powerful would you like this shielding, Mr. Shea? Probably about a four. 
Okay. And so I suppose what I'll want is... I also have this many extra. Okay, how many are you prepared to spend out of that if necessary? All of it. Okay, so I'll split the difference between you and Lady Elizabeth. I would like the both of you to spend seven magic points. Okay. And your vault is empty. Oh, okay. Seven each? Uh-huh. Okay. Yes, plus the 20 banked. You both are overcome with a very strange sensation. And that is one that kind of filters down through your cut palms into the train here. And you begin to feel the train itself, the ebb and flow of its energy and what is going on outside. And it's from that perspective that you each are drawn almost together in the same sort of headspace a little bit as you kind of agree in concert about a protective area that nothing outside may touch or harm you. And you can feel and see the visual of this as a rather bright blue ebb takes over every single blood-soaked line and kind of radiates outward. And you know, if you stand here, you will be okay. Yeah, I'm gonna yell at Jack and Sam and tell them to get in the circle. Well, okay, I'll yell down the hall, down the uh, car to the engine. Let's go! This thing's big, right? This circle? Uh, It's huge. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I drag the table with me. Okay, you drag the table? Like as a cover point? Yeah. The train begins to slow. Is it going to slow enough? You think so? Rough estimate? While he's holding on to it, Mm -hmm. I, uh, he can't hold on to it and get in the circle at the same time, so... Doc takes his belt off real quick and wraps it around the handle. Okay. (laughs) Centres it and then wedges his cane behind the lever so it can't reorient itself to not being held. That's very smart of you. Okay, are you attempting to clear the room? Yes. All right, you can tell already that um, Maggie is going to need help. I help her. She she definitely has a loss of equilibrium. Okay. You're not very steady without your cane either. I'm not when I'm awake. <laughs> oh, you, true. you actually have zero issues walking here. My doctor. brain is not my brain does not acknowledge my leg as being hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Simon is pushing the three of them, Maggie, the doctor, and the professor ahead of him back towards the car, and I'm gonna more or less pick up enable uh Fraser because he blew out his back, his knees aren't too good, and he's looking mighty old. Can I just check where, where this protective symbol has been created? Is it is it in? It has been created. Is it in the in dining? the in the dining car? It has taken over a large portion of the dining car. So so we've uh, got we're in the uh, basically in the, in the front driver's section, and we've got this quite long um, sleeper compartment section before we get into the the part that's got this uh, in it. Yes. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Um, so you'll have a you'll have a long walk. Or run, or sh- or short run, or a long walk to get there. The uh, the sleeper car here that you walk through is about the same length as the one you guys came out of, so it's about eleven or twelve rooms. Before you exit, Professor, I'd like you to give me a final spot hidden wall. Mm-hmm. It's not not good on the old dice today. That was seventy um, over sixty. I haven't got much left. 
Do you want to? Do you want to see? You got more than me, mate. Can I? Can I? Could I also just check that this whatever it is that's in front of the train? Can all of us who are in the um, driver's compartment see that, or was it just Richard? Technically speaking, everyone could see it. The reason why I gave it to Richard is because he was standing in front of the controls, trying to figure out what's going on. Right, okay. Lucy, okay. um, if if you were looking back and telling to, you know, obviously trying to goad people out, you would see a form outside. Right. Um, but you'd have to to pay very close attention if you wanted to get um, more of description. Okay, Doc. Fraser is kind of, he's not very keen to let go of this break. Now that he's managed to get a hold of it, he's, he's managed finally to um, uh, to apply it. He's, he's very reticent mm. to uh, to leave it to just a, a belt and a stick to hold it together. I want to make sure one thing is clear with the professor. There's only, a, what, a 10-point difference in luck between that roll and what, you're, what you've rolled? So are you holding off and failing? Oh, dear. Oh, now you put it like that, perhaps I should spend it. I, I know you want the luck. <laughs> you do, give it to me. Go on, take it, take it. So you notice something as you're being pulled from the room by uh, Simon, and that is there are four on the left. There are two levers and two valves. And you begin to see as you're being pulled from the room the correspondence of the colors and that they match the device. Ooh. And you keep getting pushed down the hallway. I, I, I need to go back. I, I understand how this works now. You got two minutes, Professor. You're the only one who ain't lippin' here. Yes, indeed. And he struggles free and... Uh... Simon, you get passed by Richard going back into the locomotive. Do I hear people coming down the hall? Yeah, you do. Okay, I'm just going to yell, hurry! Oh, I, that's fine. I, I'm totally fine with the Professor pushing back me. He's the only one who ain't lippin'. So I'm just herding the rest down Sorry. the hallway. Okay, so uh, Mr. Fraser, you somewhat—you were said you were reticent. You are—are are you are you leaving with Simon? Only if he pulls me off it, basically. It seems like that's what he's wanting to do. But uh... yes, I am. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll uh, if, if he's making it quite, um, quite forcefully making his point that he wants me to uh, to get away, then yeah, I'll go with him. I'll lean, lean on his shoulder and let him help me down the corridor. Lady E will be most upset if you miss the circle. All right, I'm coming, I'm coming. I just hope to God that belt holds true. Everyone except the professor moves into back into the dining car and can see Jack and Sam tactically continuing to protect as these tentacles make forays into the room. They have slowed considerably in their uh, frequency, but they are seeming to amplify in force now. It's beginning to take multiple shots to bat them away. They have taken the woman out of the out of the window at this point. They've pulled the entire body right out. As the rest of you get in, you see this glowing mystical circle that the four of them are in. And it does take a bit of a leap of faith probably to for some of you to to get in close and tuck in near them, but you kind of all coalesce and collect. Oh, I'm going to be have, have to be dragged kicking and screaming into a glowy magic circle. <laughs> That's not a problem. Do you want me to make a strength roll? <laughs> I, I think you should. What the? What is that? I'm not going anywhere near that. Well, I passed 79 under 80. You're stronger than me, so let's just see how I get on. Uh, no, I failed, so you're all right. You definitely want to resist. You definitely do resist. It's just the tenacity and the, well, just the, the country strength of, of uh, Mr. Griffith's a little bit too much today. 
and you find yourself amongst the the glowing blue circle and the rest of your compatriots who are continuing to fight off these things. Jim, this is the, the, see the color that's haint blue. Stay. I, what? I don't understand. No. Do you want me to sit on you? Shall we play a game? Oh, <laughs> go on then. Inside your pocket, you have a strange device. Ah. Undeniable that these valves coordinate with it. And you... You think there might be a way to control the train. But not by using the levers, presumably. Presumably. Mm. So, um... In some fit of madness, Richard will pop the device on his head. He's going to try and choose... Oh, I don't know. Um, well, he's not sure what to do, so he's going to try and lean on intuition. So he's going to try his his green lens. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's something quite big on the track ahead, so perhaps the yellow lens as well would be appropriate. Interesting. You try a few lenses. So now I'm going to have you make a power roll for me. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully I don't fail this. No, that's 40 under 80. Oh, it's a hard success. How wonderful for you. <laughs> you place the lenses over your eyes. You can feel the device kind of click into place as it always does. And then something very strange happens. The what, antenna-like lens holders, they move back off of your face and they connect out into the valves and levers of the train. And you feel the mass, this this massive mechanics press further into your face. And the first few drops of blood pour down from your cheeks and your the sides of your face and for the first time ever you feel true pain and you feel like you could go anywhere with this train the locomotion the levers all of it is at your command so richard's gonna try and imagine that there are no tracks here and the thing ahead is just a a thing the direction's not important because the train could go anywhere Mm mm-hmm so he's going to imagine the, the last time he was on this thing uh, it was quite a sedate ride nice and slow, everything passing by sort of peacefully coloured threads still there but there was no uh, you know, no impending doom no steaming train so he's going to try and slow the thing down and just imagine it in a place where there are no uh, large bulbous creatures with tentacles out the back okay so roll 2d6 for me Ooh. That's seven. Okay. Suspend seven magic. Okay. So that takes me down to nine. Lose ten sanity. Okay. <laughs> Make an intelligence roll. Ooh. Oh my god. Seventy-nine. Oh, what's your intelligence? Richard's not that bright. He studied very hard at school, but he's got an intelligence of sixty. Wonderful. You imagine the flat and rolling, mostly flat, planes um, of one of the most idyllic places that you've been, and that would be Ulthar. It easily springs to mind. 
and there is no bulbous creature on the tracks there. There is simply a calm station and some relatively pleasant housing and decent people and cats. And for those of you in the dining car, the tendrils around you evaporate after pounding on this shield. And just as the pounding was reaching an amazing climax, where it was near breaking, the threads outside weave themselves into a totally different picture. We see a pleasant landscape, an almost, perhaps a medieval London appear outside, cottages, thatch roofs, and you pull into a station. There's a bright sign overhead as you enter this space, and it calls this place Ulthar. And as the train pulls into this space, one by one, fragments of the dining car that you're in begin turning and changing. Almost this uh, magical puzzle begins to unravel. The The train itself physically changes. For those of you who have been on the Dreamlands Express before, you begin seeing those changes come about. And as the train finally moves completely into the station and stops, there is a loud and audible click from the center lock on the tone. Oh my. Have we stopped? Because I will very slowly stand up. You see the conductor stand up and try to like brush himself off. My dear. He looks out the window. Huh. Wolfar. Tremendous. He brightens. Is this glowing magic circle still here? Nope, it's gone. As is the cut in the floor, as all is the disruptive furniture has all been replaced by the Dreamlands Express furniture. Even the conductor seems a bit brighter. Well, this looks familiar at least. What just happened? I I thought we couldn't return to a place once we'd been there already and we've already been to Ulthar. Or at least some of us have. There are many who here who have not. And you cannot return after you complete the voyage. And he kind of looks very knowingly at you, Lady Elizabeth, and Mr. Fraser, and says, as we know, none of your party has completed the voyage, yes? I, I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. I must find Professor Courtney. I'm ready to get off this rat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, if you are all interested, um, as appealing as the the door to your left might be, you will want to go to your rooms and go to sleep. You will need to wake up and come properly if you're going to board my train in the future. You'll need a ticket. Can we purchase one now? No. No, I think for a time the Dreamlands Express may be out of service. He hustles back up towards the engine. Jack quit ruining things. (laughs) as I laugh and walk towards our room okay professor you are collected you don't have the physical strength at this point to stand you are a mass of gibbering nonsense 
the most you remember is being passed from one set of arms to another as you are delivered from the locomotive area to the arms of Mr. Griffith. Mr. Griffith, you get your professor back, but you are it is clear he is not whole. He has some fairly grievous wounds in his face, and they look like they're some of them might be burn marks. Can I do first aid? Even in the dreamlands? Sure. Yeah, I'm not worried about the dice roll as far as first aid goes, because he's technically not been hit point damaged. Okay. This is, these are far deeper wounds that uh, he'll have to deal with. We'll talk later. That's, that's for Tottenbach. Maggie, Richard is here. He seems to be roughly in some of the same state, but he definitely went through something traumatic. Yes, um, perhaps we can get you back to the waking world and Paul can take a look at you. Uh, so, oh, so many colors in the, the train. Um, I don't know who built it. And he whitters away. I imagine an awkward, like, Maggie needs help to her room, but obviously <laughs> Richard also needs help. <laughs> yes, well, under one arm yeah. is <laughs> Simon. Simon grabs Maggie, and then on the other he grabs Richard, and he's going to escort the kids to bed. Separate beds, clearly. Yes, obviously. The conductor returns after um, bringing the professor back, and he seems to step over towards you, Sam, and he thanks you for your service to the train and to its guests. Well, not so try to keep this thing uh, under control for a while, huh? Yes, um, it will be here at Uthal Station for some time. We really just uh, wake up where we were if we go back to sleep. You should. Every time I went from the physical world to the dreaming world, I woke up exactly where I was. And just to be clear, you're 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 dead. Yes, right? yes. I no longer exist in your physical world. I unfortunately was involved in a train accident. There's a big fucking surprise. But the Orient Express is never far from my thoughts. I was once its conductor. You seem to have the favor of the cats of Ulthar. Use it wisely. Never done me wrong. I have found cats tend to be a little picky. I shake my head, clap him on the shoulder, and start walking <laughs> by, kind of side-eyeing. I heard that book open, right? You heard the central lock on it open. Yeah, it seems it's been... Okay. Covered in blood. Of course. Um, I will make my way to my room. Lady Elizabeth, uh, the lock, the central lock is open. You're not sure if it has your blood or Maeve's blood on it. There's been a lot of blood going around. I'm going to assume it's mine. So the central lock was the larger one. Mm -hmm. I now need to find the other two. Indeed. I'm going to spend some time studying once I wake up. Clearly. As conductor... Uh, Henri does whatever he can for his guests. And so you get complete, regular, turned-on service, bed preparation if you ask, all that. Um, if you wish to be left alone and to your own devices, he's more than happy to do that as well. Uh, so for those of you who do slumber, which I'm going to likely assume is going to be all of you, um, sleep comes very quickly. Before um, we do all settle down, I I'd like to try and find a moment to talk to Dr. Tattenbach as well. Um, um, Doctor, I, uh, I must thank you for your, your assistance uh, in our endeavours to stop the, the train earlier. Of course. That is not a problem. I would have done it. Ah, uh, well, you know, 
regardless. It strikes me that um, we have, we, we seem to have something in common uh, that your, your your companions and yourself and, and I and mine. Yeah. Might I might I ask where were you when you uh, when you went to sleep last night? Uh, we are passing through Milan on our way to Egypt, I believe. Uh, yes, yes, we are. We are continuing with the uh, the route of the the Orient Express ourselves, and uh, heading through the the various uh, destinations uh, until it reaches uh, Constantinople. That is our ultimate destination. I tell you, but Mister Fraser, should worst case scenario you ever need to get a hold of us, okay? You will talk to. A Carlton Ramses in New York. Do not explain how you know you know how you know us. Just say that you met us on your travels and that you need to you need to find out where we are. Worst case scenario. Very well, Carlton Ramses in Europe. It was very nice to meet you. Doc holds his hand out. Very, very good to know, sir. It's been it's been good to meet you uh, and and uh, your traveling companions as well. Uh, um, and similarly, uh, we uh, we can be reached through. Uh, the uh, estate of Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy uh, at Maplebrook. Uh, we have a London residence as well, and um, I will uh, write down a telephone number um, to try and find a, a piece of paper and write the telephone number of the Kensington House there. If you uh, simply leave a message that you wish to speak to Mr. Fraser, then um, word will get to me. Fantastic, Mr. Fraser. It was wonderful to meet you and your companions. You keep them safe. Aye, and, and you yours as well, yes. yes. I do my best. Now, good sleep to you, and hope to hear from you again someday. Indeed. Good night, sir. Sleep tight. You as well. Go on and close the door. So thank you for joining us for our two-part episode series of Masks on the Orient Express. I have greatly enjoyed recording it with them. I kind of expected the entire world to burn down and that's pretty much what we got uh, but I look forward to both groups uh, getting a little bit more experience in their own stories soon enough so thank you much for your listening ears we will see you next week <laughs> <laughs>